Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 45. In this episode, I talk with Lakeisha Angelique. Lakeisha is a relationship coach, a life coach, and a diversity and inclusion professional. We talk about so many things to include staying positive, how to fight imposter syndrome, and George Floyd and diversity and inclusion. You really won't want to miss this episode, and there's so much to learn. So I encourage you to stay till the end. You won't be disappointed. And actually, this episode started in the Ordinary to Badass Facebook group. We did a Facebook Live, and Lakeisha was a guest. I found it so valuable that I had to share it here, too. I would urge you, if you like this episode, to join the Ordinary to Badass Facebook group. Every Wednesday night, we go live with a new guest who can teach us something like about diversity, inclusion, loving yourself, how to fight anxiety, stop being a people pleaser, all sorts of different things. Most of those episodes you won't find here. So head on over to Facebook and join Ordinary to Badass group today. And now to the episode. So today we have with us Lakeisha Angelique and Lakeisha, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Like, so as you heard, I am Lakeisha Angelique. I have um, a ton of kids, five actually, two sets of <laughs> twins. Uh, all, the twins are all girls. And then my son's 22. He's in Des Moines, Iowa on a football scholarship, graduating this year with a business major. The girls are not sure what they're doing. I am the founder uh, and CEO of Love Her Wellness where I teach women, um, ambitious women, how to heal, find clarity and confidence in their personal lives and relationships in order to scale their businesses and self-love um, centered practices is what is the basis of my uh, programming. So guilt-free self-love is what we practice and um, that is what I love. And I'm also, um, alumni of Cornell University, where I got my diversity and inclusion certificate from there in, in Ithaca, New York. And I teach organizations how to bring diversity and inclusion into their organizations, into their core values. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've been talking a while about having this Facebook Live, so I'm glad that we got to make it happen. Thank you so much for coming on today. No problemo. And just kind of because it's tradition, I have to ask you if you consider yourself ordinary or badass. <laughs> you know, if you had asked me this probably like three months ago, I would probably say ordinary 
Um, but I sound kind of badass now. <laughs> I think I love I've, it. yeah, I've stepped into everything. I've realized everything that I've done is not so normal. Like I really hate the word normal, but um, yeah, I, I think that it's not normal. You know, it's 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 out of the ordinary. So what changed? Um, it went while creating my course, like I went through my course, I went through my own course and transformed myself, you know, uh-huh. um, and really, you know, coaches need coaches, right? So in coaching myself and creating this, the program that I have for women, I really took a self-assessment and really understood everything that I've been through and really taking that self-doubt out because I had a a ton of it, even with everything that I've been through. um, Mm -hmm. We talked a lot about the imposter syndrome, which I had a ton of. Um, All of my successes, I would have these, but I was just in the right place or I only because, or these other statements that would kind of downplay you know, the Cornell University, oh, it was only because, you know, the cohort that I was selected for, you know, was mm-hmm. a one-time thing or what, whatever it was, but I right. was still selected, right? Um, and I just didn't think that what I was doing was that special or mm-hmm. you know, I, was any, I was doing what I had to do to take care of my kids, my family. Um, and that, that's, that was it. So realizing like, one of journaling, journaling has been huge for me to see, um, especially going back and reading some of the 2015 journals that I had. Oh my goodness. She was a hot mess. <laughs> she was a hot mess. So <laughs> the growth, just seeing the growth that I've had in that yeah. time. Yeah. It's just been amazing. So, um, yeah. So how long ago did you start love her wellness? So I started love her wellness, uh, two years ago and, the first year, I kind of was just peeping at her, you know, like doing thing, one thing here, one thing there. And then 2020, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then COVID happened. And I really thought that COVID was going to be like a stop here with my business, but it was a go, go, go. Um, it really propelled me into kind of where I am today with it. Um, it really pushed me forward because I had the time to really, I've never had a time to stop. Like I've literally been going since I was 17, Uh taking care of kids and working and just going. So COVID gave me that you can't go anywhere. <laughs> sit yeah. home and figure this out and that's right. what I did so I've literally just been diving in um fixing court twerking and oh, tweaking <laughs> not twerking <laughs> there might have been twerking too you're at home <laughs> there might have been some twerking it gets a little boring in the house it might have been some twerking um <laughs> It does. It does. You got to do what you got to do to get through Corona. <laughs> We're all getting a little stir crazy. <laughs> um, tweaking my program um, and just talking to some amazing women. Like I've literally been running into all kinds of amazing women. Like we've connected. Um, I've connected with so many different women across all different kinds of platforms and just taking in different advice and um, different little nuggets from here and there. 
and um, it's been just amazing. So <laughs> you're a mom of five kids and a lot of people would find that intimidating to start a business. Like, how did you get up the courage to do that? Um, I think I thought it was like my time, like raising kids is definitely a feat, you know, it's a feat in itself, but I think starting a business is less, less trouble than raising kids to me. <laughs> um, scheduling, having twins, having kids, scheduling is important. So yeah. if you have a schedule and you implement a schedule early on habits, consistency, I don't have my consistent necklace on, but, um, I went to the intent project even before like, um, COVID or any of that this year I had vowed that consistent was my word. So I have a necklace from the intent project. Um, me and my partner both, she has a bracelet. I have a necklace that says consistent because that was our yeah. everything that we do. And it's a part of my program as well. Um, to consistent, as long as you do something consistent, it will be successful. Yeah. And how, did you find that having the necklace or something to remind you, um, helped you remember to stay consistent? Yeah, because when I'd see it or if I take it off or, and then have to put it back on, then I'd be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like back out today because I did say I'd be consistent and like, right. I tried to hide it so I wouldn't have to look at it. And yeah, it does. A reminder. Um, and I need that. Like my water bottle lights up and tells me to drink water because I want to be consistent with drinking right. water. So if I don't drink, it lights up. And if I don't drink still, then I get a notification to my phone that's like, yeah, we like told you to drink water. Um, so I need oh. those type of visual remi reminders to, to make me do things. Um, so you yeah. have to do what works for you and what works for you might not work for someone else. So finding those things, I think that's the most important, um, is finding what works for you because I do things a little different when it comes to my coaching and especially with the, a lot of the women that I coach, you know, they do have businesses. So scheduling and business coaching naturally comes into play when it comes to relationships and stuff and you know they a lot of coaches out here will talk about having 10k months and all of these things and I'm so against that um that term like we don't talk about financial um numbers like that 5k 10k or you know mention those are it's based in you know self-love and your goals, you know, so the money will come. So once you get those things in place, the money will come behind it. You won't need to chase numbers. Of course, having financial goals, you need those in business because you are running a business, right. but starting off saying, oh, I'm just come to be, I want to coach you to get a 10K month. If you don't have the mindset to, to manage a 10K month, you're still going to reach a block or you're going to start, you're going to fail at some point because you don't have the mindset to go along with it. How do we practice self-love? What's something, if you're not, if you're like beating yourself up or hard on yourself, what's something that we can do to practice self-love? So for it, another thing that's different about my program is that there it's totally customizable. So we talk about what, what is it that, why are you beating yourself up? You know, what, what past trauma are you suffering from that is causing you to have these blocks and how can we get you over them? So that's what the, the love her is heal, evolve, rediscover. That's what it stands for. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's the process It's a three phase process that we go through and we, I'll take you on a journey to heal from the past, evolve into the woman that you were, um, 
you've envisioned yourself to be and rediscover a life as that woman that you were envisioning yourself to be. So that's how um, the program is set up. Is your coaching program for all women or just business women? Who's it for? For all women. Yes. It's very inclusive. I make sure of that. (laughs) My website um, definitely uh, shows that my web designer knows that all language and photos and everything, anything on my website has to be super inclusive because I don't want anybody to think it's not for them. Um, Literally, like, I did have a guy reach out to me (laughs) wanting um, to, to go through my program. And I'm like, hmm, what on my website resonates with you? I might need to review some of my language if you resonated here. And it wasn't like he uh, saw himself as a woman because that would have totally been acceptable. But he was like, oh no, I'd like to change. He wanted to take my imposter syndrome class was what it was. So I was like, oh, okay. Because you just had me scared for a minute. Um, (laughs) But the imposter syndrome, um, which I don't teach to both sexes because I just, I, I'm a women's empowerment is just my jam. Um, mm-hmm. But I told him we could work together on creating something that's gender neutral and we'll, we'll get that together. But I just feel that um, imposter syndrome, while both sexes absolutely suffer from it, I think that women, uh, we have these self-imposed persons that we put ourselves in and we just, you know, have to be over-credentialed before we take that leap. You know, it's just like, yeah. we be the best in our industry. We, we have to have all these credentials. Our website needs to be the best. You know, we have to have everything in place and perfect before we launch our business. And then we've lost a year or two of time that we could have already bid out, you know, getting our first client to actually pay for those things that we've, you know, lost money on. Um, So I'm trying to prevent that with, you know, my business model is like, no, jump, jump now. And then let's work through the process of how to clean it up later. Take imperfect action is definitely what needs to happen. So for the woman that's really struggling, like she's feeling like an imposter, either with business or trying something new, it could be a sport, it could be whatever, like running, say, what could she do to get over her imposter syndrome? Um, so actually right now we're in day three of a free imposter syndrome class. And okay. I offer that like every two months um, in my mastermind group, which um, it, like I said, it's free. And we go through all tips, five days of tips on how to eliminate imposter syndrome for good. So there's work, a workbook that comes with it. There's journal prompts and everything to really deep dive into why you have the imposter syndrome. There's quiz in the beginning. Um, I give away freebies. I love freebies. Like I I give away journals, I give away books um, and working being with the other women in the group is a is a help too because they give you ideas like oh no you should do this and then I have access to my resources like the the people that I use for my website my copywriter like I'm a big proponent of outsourcing the things that you're not passionate about because Mm -hmm. that's you get stuck and waste your time outsource right right and I think moms (laughs) need to outsource more you know we don't 
Like you don't have to do everything yourself. You can have help and stay with things that you love doing or that bring you joy rather than wasting so much time on the things that just like suck up your energy. Annoy you to no end. Yeah. And then like a lot of the, you're in business groups or you have like, you're in the group, say you join the, the mastermind group and there's women, there's someone in the group with you who does copyright and you do photography and you're like, oh, I live in the same city. I need photos. You're like, hey, I'll do your copy if you do my photos. Like you're trading, you're literally spending no money, you're trading services. And that's what I tell them. Like you can find someone who's just starting out too and trade services in some of these groups that you're in. Um, And that's a great way. Like you won't, people trying to build their portfolio. You may not have the best of the best. Like, you know, you you don't have um, Coca-Cola's marketing person, right? Because you're not Coca-Cola. Right. Don't compare right. your day one with someone's day 1000, right? So yeah, yeah. that's what I try to teach them. Like so you're at day one. Everybody starts with, with no Instagram followers. Everybody. You open right. the account, you have no followers. So <clears throat> don't compare yourself. And um, all of these things we go through. Um, sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> And so, I know like I used to, when I would make a mistake at something, I used to beat myself up, like repeatedly be like, oh my gosh, you're so stupid. Like, what are you doing? Nobody else would make this mistake. But again, it comes back to comparing yourself to where somebody else is, but they're further along in their journey and have already made the mistakes that you're making right now. <laughs> right. You make mistakes and we learn from the mistakes because if we didn't make any mistakes, then how would you know? Like literally, right? So yeah. We talk about all that and the, 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 the women in the group, you know, share ideas with each other. They, they cheer each other on and um, no negativity. This is like the first group. You know how hard it is to have a group with no negativity, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Zero negativity. Um, just coaching each other through the homework assignments and um, come back the next day for, for the, the next set of instructions, you know? So that's a good way to of course, do it on your own, DIY it, come through the free group. And then of course, either one-on-one coaching or a group we do, I do offer group coaching. It starts every 90 days. Um, But literally because of everything going on, like this is my last month taking on clients because I've have so much with everything else going on. So, right. um, Yeah. Can you (laughs) talk about the power? I mean, this, ordinary to badass group here is mostly women, but can you talk about the power of a woman tribe? Man, so powerful. Women probably, not probably, women should be running the world. Like it would be so much better (laughs) if women, right? Um, It's so powerful to have other women because they've been through what you have. Someone's been through everything you've been through before. So having that sense of, of, self that that sense of home you know like you don't have to be embarrassed about asking a question and having somebody mansplain something to you um you know, i've never heard that before <laughs> oh, God. mansplaining this is like you know what i mean you know what i mean like yeah i know what you mean i know how to read actually too you know like you don't have to deal with that when it comes right. down to being in a group with nothing but women like yeah that's my pet peeve like i have i work with this guy that every after everything he says you know what i mean and i just want to smack him sometimes like <laughs> yes i know what you mean <laughs> yeah 
yes. <laughs> so the power in us is is just so powerful and it, it can change move mountains move mountains for sure if we come together as a tribe and we can make some change real some huge change some huge impact in this world not just with you know our businesses but social justice and everything that's going on in the world today like it, we can move mountains here yeah and it's and it's so much easier (laughs) we've given them a chance oh (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it's so much easier when you see that other people are going through similar things as you and what you're doing or feeling is normal like you're not on an island of your own (laughs) you can literally be like who's nine months pregnant and his water's broke and is doing business while on the way to the hospital. And some of them are like, oh my God, I was just like that. And this is what I did. Like, where else can you, like, if you're in a group and you have men in there, they're like, oh my God, you should probably lay down and not do anything for the next uh, 500 years. Like, that's what you'll get with that. So right. it, it definitely makes a difference when right. anything you say, someone has done it, someone is going to back you up and be like oh this is what I did or whatever I mean you know we can be catty as well we can yeah. be, we can be catty um but when you literally find this the right and when you weed those people out and those those that are just not ready to to have the right mindset um right. you can have amazing groups and get some real work done yeah I also think there's a lot to be said like you don't seem catty to me you know at all And so a lot of times people will feed off that energy. Like if they were getting it from you, they would do it too. But if they're not, you know, they'll go elsewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know the first couple of days after like the George Floyd murder, um, like I just, I was like super mentally drained. You know, my son was in a really sad place and, you know, he Mm -hmm. didn't want to have kids. And then that meant I was going to have no grandkids. So now like my lineage is being threatened and yeah it take two mental days to really recover from that and I found myself being really negative um and I'm never like a negative person like literally people are like like my job could it sucks when I was working in place and people will come in and be like you're always smiling like what is wrong with you like it sucks (laughs) why are you always smiling and I'm just like because like it's it's just a job. Like you, you will leave here and then you go home to your family. Like there's no reason to be angry. Just ignore them. You know, and they're like, how do you do it? We hate it here. (laughs) But seriously, how do you do it? Like, what do you say to yourself or what do you do to stay positive? Um, I think because I, I have that, I came up with my vision map, right? And Mm -hmm. there's four categories in the vision map. And if it doesn't fit into one of those categories, I say no to it. Whereas Mm. before I was a people pleaser. Yeah. I would be like, yes, okay, I'll do that. I can fit that in. I'll do it. I'll take care of it. And I was literally working sun up to sundown. Now today is a little different. I know it's late now, but these are things that I want to do. This type of stuff like gives me joy. It brings happiness to me. Right feeds my soul. Like I could probably literally do this all day, every day and um, like bore you guys to death with tons of information <laughs> that you probably don't want. And, it, and, and I'm happy, you know? Yeah. So if it doesn't fit into those categories and that's one of the first things that we do, we figure out what those categories are for you and you set boundaries. 
I set boundaries. People who, who drain at my energy, cut off. Like, and it's not like a, oh, you're out my life, you're out my life. But if <laughs> one starts to drain your energy, you're like, hey, I have to go now. Like, you know, when you need to cut these people off and yeah. family members, I don't care. I don't care who you are. Um, other than your kids, you know, they, they drain your energy, but you gotta, you know, put up with them. So <laughs> I don't recommend setting boundaries <laughs> for your kids that cut them off. Um, yeah. I didn't tell you to do that. <laughs> but I think that that's, I think that's important for us to remember, um, to when you're doing something that you love, you're going to have so much more energy and you could do something much longer than, um, just the wasting your time doing the stuff that doesn't matter to you or doesn't bring you joy. Um, so I think that that's an important point. Um, so coming to me, like I, every time someone comes to me, they come from the same thing. So I, we start, what's your goals? I want to be a better parent. I want to be a better spouse. I want to lose weight. Um, and I need a better, I need to manage my time better. All, always those four things. Right. Um, and they can't, they're failing at all of them because mm -hmm. they're unhappy because they're people pleasing, not setting boundaries. Um, they're not taking time for themselves and um, you can't do any of those things. You can't lose weight because you're overeating or you're not taking time for self to go to the gym or get a workout in. you're making excuses, all of these things. So I'm not a fitness instructor um, or in finances, you know, I need a budget. Mm -hmm. Um, right. I'm not a, I'm not a finance expert. I'm not any of these things. Right. Um, mm -hmm. specifically, you know, that's, those are not my areas, but I know that when you practice self-love, you will make better food choices. You'll make better money choices. You'll make better choices with your time. You'll make all of these choices better because you know what you need in your life. So, right. In turn, you're like, man, I have more time. I have more money. I've lost weight. More energy. Information. Here you go. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just that's that's the transformation that you paid me for because literally you have the answers. People have the answers in them. Yeah. They need coaching to pull it out. Like they're full right. of the excuses um, of why they can't. Uh, because it's comforting. It's comfort. Yeah. You know, we have to get uncomfortable a little bit. Absolutely. That's where the biggest change happens. And you yeah. kind of hit on it and it was actually going to be the next question that I was going to ask. Why does somebody need a coach or why would they want a coach? Yeah. So getting out of that comfort zone <clears throat> is hard by yourself. You know, you'll, you'll yeah. be like tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, leap day, you know, you pick a day, that you're gonna do all of those things that I mentioned, but having that accountability, someone, a lot of people need someone else to be accountable to, someone mm -hmm. to push them, you know, someone to give them a different perspective on things. Sometimes, yeah. especially with healing from the past, you didn't think, you don't know what that block is sometimes. Why am I overeating? You know, why am I excessively spending money? Or whatever your vice is. Some people, you know, the vice that's keeping you you're self-medicating your depression, your anxiety, or these things. Mm -hmm. um, what is it that um, you're doing to suppress that? Um, you don't know, or you have these feelings and you, you haven't really, you just say words like, I, I'm always sad, um, but you're really depressed, you know? 
And so right. exercise helps with the happy hormone comes from exercise, but you can't get up to exercise because you're too tired. You know, this, this yeah. is simple, right? Yes. So having a coach helps push and get all these nasty, nasty feelings up and out. Yeah. And then um, comes this happy person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I know you said that your challenge right now or your free challenge is with the group when they're getting coaching from you. Is that just you or is it just you in the group or how does that work? So I have two uh, ways. I have one-on-one, which is just me one-on-one via zoom or in the group, but my groups are very small, only nine people in the group. So um, I don't do more than nine because it's just hard to really give that individual still have that individual attention um, yeah. even in a group and still kind of hit on those points. But the group is really good too, because it is intimate um, and they feed off of each other and they give each other ideas. And then, you know, mm-hmm. the, the group feeling some people enjoy having more than just um, me to interact with on a weekly basis and, and outside of the weekly, um, the weekly interaction, you know, they're in the group together and they have a separate group where they can talk and, um, and chat. Uh, versus waiting right. the next week because to speak with me or whatever so yeah uh, just preference um, yeah but then both are powerful are, yeah some people are just so uh closed off that they they're still really like I don't want anybody to know you know what's going on so they just want to yeah. be one yeah. and meet, one's not better than the other and the programs are both awesome um yeah so yeah of course I would say they're awesome because they're mine (laughs) (laughs) so I know you talk about like trusting yourself and following Mm -hmm. your intuition how do we go about doing that because that can be really hard it can be um I say usually I always say myself as a coach like it's like your GPS like you know where you're going but you just need a guide So trust yourself to know what you want but you need someone to help you just get there Cause I can't give you like literally me telling you like, Oh, you want to be a musician and I'm going to help you be one. You're like, what? <laughs> like, I don't think that, like, that work. <laughs> no, it won't work. Right. You gotta it work I, like I, that. Right. No, it's something in you that you're like, well, I've been thinking about, and this is what I really like. Like, this is the things we go to. So it's like career coach, um, so much in one, like being a life coach, it, which is why when I was a therapist, um, me and being a therapist didn't mix well because there's so <laughs> many restrictions uh-huh. um, in the therapist world. And I would want to say, Hey, look, this is what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> but the law tells me I can't do that. Right. Yeah. So it's very, very restrictive. I got 12 sessions to meet you with, you know, uh-huh. and, and then the insurance tells me that I have to tell you, like, I literally have this paper and I'm like, I have 12 sessions that I have to tell you these things in and I have to use this theory. Um, so having my own business, my own creative control over the process and just taking out the diagnoses part and um, some of that, you know, medical stuff was okay with, you know, I still have the education, the background and everything to be able to understand depression, anxiety, you know, mental health. Mm-hmm. And I refer, refer out. Like if I see something like that, then that's when it's like, Hey, you need to see your primary care. So I yeah. don't do any for sure. But um, yeah, having my own, my own business is just way, way better than being confined to the healthcare system. 
yeah, I think that that's, that that's awesome that you were able to pivot and change um, based on what wasn't working for you. And it sounds, I'm sure that that skill though helps you now in what you're doing. Absolutely. 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 I think that's one of the biggest selling points and why people choose me because I mean, while we talk about, I think they come because people still like to see like credentials and things while we say you don't need credentials. Yeah. Um, I think it provides a little an extra layer of comfort when you're doing yeah. kind of stuff like this, especially now with when COVID came, a lot of people experience, you know, cabin fever and de- depression and, you know, just a wealth of um, emotion happened mm-hmm. with COVID. So couples not knowing what to do with each other, being trapped yeah. with each other, not, they shouldn't feel trapped, but they are feeling trapped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, divorce rate spiking <laughs> supposedly, <laughs> allegedly, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that, but. Well, I would believe it being stuck with somebody all the time. And then people are having financial issues because of everything that's going on. There's just a ton of dynamics right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very much so. So you know, it, it definitely helps with, um, having, having that background in psychology. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a diversity and inclusion coach, or what would you call yourself? Uh, I am a DNI professional. Um, I do assessments for corporations and I've done it for, I say one of the most diverse organizations in the world being the government. And one who doesn't have a bottom line tied to it, which makes it even more difficult to make them adhere to those rules and regulations. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's one of my other passions is the diversity and inclusion piece of women's movements and empowerment, even though women's not the only piece to DNI, but yeah. Yeah. So you talked a little bit earlier about George Floyd um, and that's really kind of, there's a m- movement going on right now um, and asking for change, but there's also a lot of people who are feeling uncomfortable because they don't want to offend somebody. What would you say to those people? Um, I would say find someone that you're comfortable talking with and start having that dialogue. Like literally you're not going to learn, or if you're uncomfortable, like researching, online, um, some books, watch some movies, um, have those tough conversations. Cause that's the only way we're going to get anywhere is to have those tough conversations. Like not saying anything is compliance. You know, that's how we feel. Silence is compliance. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Martin Luther King quote that I post often is there comes a time when silence is betrayal. Um, so speaking up, even if it's to say, I don't know what to say is more than not saying anything, you know, like, I don't know what to say, but I know this is, is not right. And this is a human's right issue. Um, help me help you. What can I do? Asking those questions and you'll Mm -hmm. get, you know, answers. Sometimes they'll be like, I don't know what you can do either. We don't have the answers. You know, we are all trying to figure this out. Like, this isn't a problem that we created, you know? So we're trying to figure it out too. So um, ask questions and, and have a learning attitude. Right. What's like a basic question that someone could ask? Um, 
let me think about what someone's asked me. It I guess it depends on like who's asking what, like what industry you're in, you know, um, or how, where you're from, you know, because it's going to be different if you're right. in Alabama versus if you're in New York you, of what you, what kind of questions you'd ask, what's offensive and what's not, you know, literally we're having laws that are just being passed about, you know, our hair, like being able to come to work with my hair being curly, like that's got to be a, in 2020, that's being a law being passed. Like, did you know that, you know, that was a law that you couldn't it wasn't against the law, but they were discriminating against oh, us based right. on the way our hair is like right. this called unprofessional, right? Uh -huh. so there had to be a law passed to make it illegal to discriminate against based off the way our hair naturally goes out of our head. Right. Um, well, these are the things that you don't think about that you're like, I don't wake up in the morning and think, do I need to straighten my hair? Because I'm going to a interview where there will be white people interviewing me and I can't wear my hair curly because I will not get this job. You know, yeah. I need to switch my name around because my name is going to get my application put to the bottom because you know what my name is. These are the things that on a daily basis, you know, we have to think about going through life that you don't have to think about. And right. Difficult right. for us to just get through every day where you're just up and out and back right. home, you know, so yeah. the conversations we have to have with our kids versus the conversations you might have with your kids, you know, it's like, don't talk to this person. If the police come to you, don't say X, Y, Z, you know, there's conversations are different with our children. Um, so yeah, just, just um, education. And I, I have a book um, that I think everyone should read it, but especially um, white people, I'm, I'm going to get the name of it and okay. drop it to you before um the night's over um, okay yeah awesome yeah she does a really great yeah. job of explaining the difference i think she says that like white people have a different they think that like racism is bad or good like you're either bad you're bad if you are racist um and when you don't see yourself as a bad person then you'd be like well i'm not racist because i'm a good person right Right. Um, but then when she starts to explain the things that look like racism, then you're like, mm -hmm. oh, like that is what, that's different, right? Like when you think about yeah. school systems and, you know, how much money is funded in different neighborhoods, when they start to look like the neighborhood I live in, uh, there's probably four Black families over here. Mm -hmm. um, so that type of stuff, like, yeah, not, yeah. So it's just, it's so much, so much. Yes. Yes, but I'm definitely open to any questions um, yeah. to answering anything. Like, I don't know. I appreciate that. Absolutely. April said, um, it seems that people have lost the learning attitude, or at least it appears that way in social media. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, I think people have lost the learning attitude because they want to have this appearance that it's not a real thing. Um, it, like, oh, it's 2020. Like, for at first it was like, get over it. It was so long ago, but literally it was only a hundred years ago. You know, our grandparents are still alive. Right. 
our grandparents and parents are still in that mindset of be very weary of white people because this is what they do to you. So we're still dealing with that attitude from our generations Mm -hmm. that were slaves. Yeah. And then even with white parents, you know, you, again, it was only a hundred years ago, your grandparents or our great grandparents are still alive. So they had slaves, you know, so to say it was so long and that we need to get over it, but then here we are still in 2020, still having to have these same conversations. Um, it, it's not that long ago, you know, we, we right. just, the, the civil right movement was just in the 60s, you know, and it's not, it wasn't that long ago. Like it's right. definitely still a real problem, especially when I do assessments, the first thing I do when I go in a company is I look at their C-suite and guess what's, what's there? Um, their uh, CEO, their CFO, all of the okay. people in charge. Yeah, their mm-hmm. C-suite. Right. And it's all white male. You know, it may mm-hmm. be a, a white woman somewhere, maybe, right. maybe one other, maybe, but it's all white people there running the company. So yeah. what, when you have a statement that says you, pro, you promote diversity and inclusion, and you, you've wrote in this beautiful statement that you're a diversity inclusion person, who by the way is black, because that was your prop. That's how you fixed your DNI problem is you yeah. hired a black DNI person, right. <laughs> which doesn't fix your problem. No, um, but there's no path to the C-suite for anybody, for any minority. There's no path. There's no mentorship program, there's nothing to create diversity for that C-suite. It, mm-hmm. uh, you failed at creating uh, diversity for that company, right? Mm-hmm. So that, those are the type of things that I go in and assess and tell them like, you know, you're, you're saying that you're promoting diversity, but you're keeping the company white here by doing this. Yeah. Um, so- Sorry. If somebody's in a company or in a business and they're not even the CEO, but they want, they think there needs to be more diversity, what could they do? Um, so they can, there's a couple of different ways. So um, organize, request an uh, organizational assessment, which is what I do, come in and really assess because just because one person thinks that there's no diversity because the C-suite is there, there's ways to assess. They hold diversity um, awards every year. And I'll tell you, Kaiser Permanente wins every every year. They have the most mm-hmm. diverse C-suite. They have the most diverse board of directors. Um, they have people from all over the world in their C-suite. And then right behind them is Colgate. Colgate is amazing with their diversity efforts. Um, and people can take notes from from these guys for on how how it's done. Yeah, and you had mentioned earlier about talking to your kids. Um, what is something you would say to your kids? Um, yeah, so I actually had to have the conversation this morning because the People magazine was on the counter and my daughter saw the George Floyd cover of People and she asked why people were hope- making signs. And mm-hmm. I think having age appropriate conversations is very important. And I think it starts early. I think in the, in the early years, kids start to notice uh, different colors, different shades. Um, someone wearing a hijab, someone that looks different from them, and they start to ask questions. Kids are very inquisitive, right? Um, and want to know different uh, things all the time. They tell two people tell the truth, and and that's kids and drunk people. So, 
want to make sure <laughs> that they have the right information. Yeah. So starting those conversations early, you know, with crayons, it, it's, it's easy, you know, the different color crayons, having them coloring. Um, and it, even with our family, like we are different shades. We're, we're black, but we're different shades. So mm -hmm. um, having to explain why grandma is lighter than me, you know, we've, we've had these conversations early mm -hmm. picking up, you know, the peach crayon to, to color grandma and then the brown crayon to color someone else. And mm -hmm. um, I think they might've um, said she was white. They wanted to know why she was white. Um, and I'm like, she's not white. <laughs> So yeah, having those conversations early. And then one of the organizations that, um, so in my business model is philanthropy. Um, two organizations that I fully support is the YWCA here, which is for domestic violence and women's mm -hmm. um, issues there. I support yeah. them. And then um, Embrace Race is the second one. And Embrace Race teaches kids at an early age to be courageous and all, of all races, not just yeah. minorities, but of all races to uh, teach us about race and, and everything. So I really like that it's catching them at an early age and teaching diversity and inclusion and what, what the world could be if we really embraced, because diversity, when people think of diversity, only think of race. And diversity and inclusion is not just about race. You know, that there's people with disabilities and there's, um, you know, the veteran population and all of these things can, diversity of thought can get us so much innovation and what mm -hmm. we're missing out on when we don't include people. You have one thought, which is the all white male thought process because they've all grown up pretty much the same way, you know, you're not getting that innovation. That's why we bring people from overseas on visas and things to come and bring us technology and innovation and things. Because if we just had our thought process, we wouldn't have these um, new developments in science yeah. and things. So um, yeah, embracerace.org is awesome for kids. They do webinars, they have book lists of books that the kids can read uh, that are age appropriate, um, ways to talk to your kids about race. It's, it's awesome. You said that was embracerace.org? Mm -hmm. Embracerace.org. Yep. A uh, part of the, my proceeds from my business goes to support that organization as well. Very cool. I like that, that resource that we can check out um, I know a lot of people are looking for answers right now or how to, how they can grow and change. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about Tori Bell and what happened there? Oh, yes. <laughs> and who that is for people that don't know. Yeah. So um, I, of course, in my business, I do, you know, affiliate marketing with different companies or whatever. Um, I had a client who had alopecia and one of her blocks was going out without her wigs and uh, lashes, things like that, because she had no hair. So that's how I ran into Tori Bell. I became, it was one of my affiliate marketing companies. And from day one, I noticed, you know, my, when I first got there, I was like, hey, um, do you have any women of color, photos of women of color using your product? And it was a great question they really didn't have any. I think they might've sent me two pictures. Um, so I kind of became 
like the the woman of color face um early on a lot of mm-hmm. my people on their website on their instagram and i am the face on the affiliate uh banner right so i reached out george floyd incident happened i gave them a couple of days to you know figure out what they were going to do uh clearly nothing was happening so i reached out to my upline and said hey is the CEO going to make a statement in reference to George Floyd and you know nothing they just kept talking about this new product that was coming out and um, mm-hmm. dumb little glitter things that were coming out um nothing so I was like okay give him another two days <laughs> and nothing so I came out of the group and asked specifically hey like what what's going on are they going to make a statement And she's like, well, I talked to her specifically and she said, she's not going there. And I was like, interesting because there is my life. Um, Like there kind of rubbed me the wrong way that she called it there, um, being very dismissive of the situation, but that she's heartbroken about what happened. And I was like, we don't, I don't need her heartbreak. We need her platform and her voice because as you know, you know, women, us of color, our voices are not, are not heard as much as someone who's a non-color, a white woman on a platform saying, you know, something. So that was the end of it. And so I was like, it, the decision had been made, you know, silence is agreeance. I've, I've posted this even before this, like that. I don't, I can't sit here and, you know, my son is out here protesting, you know, I'm a DNI professional, I'm in the military. Like all of the, like I'm fighting for your right. You know, I'm in the 1% that has joined the military for your freedom, for you to just right. say, not even want to acknowledge that human rights are being violated. Um, not black rights, not, it doesn't matter the color, right? Just human rights are being violated um, and that you stand by human rights. That's all, you're an ally. Um, so that was my statement, I was exiting. It was a, I thought very professional post saying, you know, I can't stand by and watch this. And then um, she directed her response (laughs) in a private group, not in public, in a private group said that um, I had been vocal. So my one post was being vocal um, and that I had not been forthcoming. So she called me a liar and that she can't make a political statement for 30,000 affiliates. So those three things there were, you know, it's not, it's a human right issue, number one, it's not a political, because that means that there's a right and a wrong side, you know, there's, it's not. Um, And the fact that I've never spoken to this woman ever. So she made the conversation sound as though she spoke to me. So those things made me really upset. but I chose even still, like I Michelle Obama, when they go low, we go high. I decided not to say anything. Yeah. Because the tribe came out. <laughs> they went for. So, you know, they started posting and saying that she was wrong and responding that way. And she started muting them, deleting their responses. And they started screenshotting. And you can see it on my page where they've screenshot. And if you notice in the screenshot, it's my face in her denying the comments because my face is the face of the page, the affiliate page. So yeah. it's like, hey, you notice my face is there for her not to know who I am. That's my face. That's being 
every denial post that she's making, that's my face. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it was just a, a really bad. Uh, she should have had since she hadn't made a made a response. She should have continued to not make a response instead of making a response directed at a specific person. Um, yeah. And she has to say that her her value statement or her diversity statement um, covers George Floyd somehow. I don't know when it doesn't because I'm sure the Minneapolis Police Department has a statement in that covers their diversity inclusion and all this stuff yeah. but yet they're still murdered of a black man so right. you can't say that that is your response to something that happened um after the fact right it's not it's a it was a poorly crafted response I know she has yeah. no like legal team or you know nobody helping her with that but right. whoever encouraged her to write that was like bad advice yeah I think that well I've seen social media influencers that are like like you said muting people or deleting their posts or deleting their comments because they offended somebody um can you talk to that a little bit um so i think if hate speech and you know calling someone names or you know if if someone was like literally one of the posts because she she gave, sent me a screenshot of what she said and i think she said something like she, she I hope you were open-minded enough to do something in, in the realm of that, but it wasn't disrespectful. It wasn't, um, it, it shouldn't have been muted, you know, like yeah. you're taking people's voice away. You, you scream freedom of speech and you, you have the right to, to not speak and you have all these rights, but then nobody else has the right to respond. Right. So it's like a one-sided, this is what it is and shut up. You know, she yeah. doesn't, I don't have the, I don't, I have the right to not respond to her. And then everybody else has the right not to say anything back to me. It's my way or that's it. And then of course, you, you know, you get those people who are just followers that just yeah. dead follow people that have their, don't have their own minds of their own, you know, yeah. I have values and, you know, I'm not gonna, money will never make me, you know, devalue where I stand on certain things, especially when it comes to my kids, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. my son standing outside protesting and, and you know, over some lashes, like it's not, it's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> I wasn't even selling. I had ways been stopped um, even selling for the company just because like a lot of my affiliates are people of color and uh, they were coming to me with these issues. Like this is happening. I'm getting this person's like racist and they're saying this and it was just at one after the other after the other so I wasn't active uh, mostly just personal I was there for personal use so even right. now, it's, even that is gone now like I had to find another vendor well I think that that people think if there is a bad comment or somebody says something that you said wrong that you're like so ashamed mm -hmm. and embarrassed but it's like, if you leave it up there, other people can learn too. Yeah. Like Jenna Kutcher, she made a comment and it went bad. And she was like, I apologize. And here is my open letter apologizing to the person. Or um, I just think that if you make a mistake, like her, she, I should have an email by now from somebody just saying like, we messed up. 
like we apologize now we see where we the error of our ways um Mm -hmm. and we should have handled this differently so on another note like if you have an employee or someone come to you and say you know i'm feeling discriminated against um, and you're totally dismissive of them, like you're wrong. Yeah. Even, if it's, even if they're not just being discriminated against, it's your duty to make them feel um, heard. Heard, yeah. You know, like I hear you, I, I understand. And to do your due diligence to be like, what can I do to make you feel better? Because there's clearly something going on with this person, right? Right. Um, say that I, I wanted to be coddled or anything. But I definitely didn't expect her to come back with, um, I, you know, a lot of us don't speak up because we get that we're the angry black woman, you know, where it's mm-hmm. going to go that way. So we just be quiet. We don't want to say anything. And I'm definitely not that. Like, I'm literally like, that's why I was like, what? Like, I'm literally not that person. Yeah. So her, it, it really upset me to say that she spoke to me. And I was like, I've literally never spoken to you. Like, I yeah. don't talk to you. So how do you say that, oh, she's being very vocal. So yeah. me talking is being very vocal. Like, cause I open my mouth, I like typed on the computer is being very vocal. Okay. Yeah. And your, and your post was tame. Like yeah. it, it wasn't, I, crazy. Yeah. it was saying what happened. Yeah. And, and I, I have like, I ha- this is nothing. She said, I, I, yeah, I have screenshots. Like I made sure I saved everything, especially for my next class. <laughs> what not to do. Like, yeah, yeah. So. so I, well, I applaud you for standing up and for, you know, speaking up, not just for yourself, but for other black women who want to see themselves represented. Yeah. So, I love that you did that. Um, yeah. So something I wanted to ask you about, and I, I know I'll try to hurry a little bit because I know that I it's got to be late for you over there. But <laughs> before we hopped on, I told you about the word colored and how I thought that was offensive. And I've always known it to be offensive, but now I'm seeing everywhere like women of color. Um, can you kind of talk to that a little bit? Yeah. So we were talking and so colored with the ED at the end is definitely offensive. So that's an old term used back when segregation was a thing and, you know, colored's over here, white's over here, um, definitely an offensive term and it will get you fired up. But um, women of color means, you know, a different term, you know, women who have melanin, um, it can be clumped all into to one without having to, you know, call out all the different uh, backgrounds of people, women of color. Um, so yeah, definitely you can, women of color is a safe term to use when you don't know people of color. Um, B-I-O-B-I-P-O-C, B-I-P-O-C, yeah. <laughs> Black, Indigenous, people of color is a new, brand new, hot off the press terms that uh, just came out. I literally just learned it too. So (laughs) um, there's a whole bunch of different categories. So um, yeah. But maybe the takeaway it sounds like from you is ask questions where you don't understand to ask questions. Yeah. Because some African-American and black, some people don't like to be called black. um, And then then the little B versus the big B capitalizing black. If you're using it, if you're using black without, um, if you're speaking of someone like they're black uh, with a big B. 
Um, so yeah, it's a lot, but I just think you're safe with women of color, people of color, right. um, but definitely never Wait. use colored. Okay, I don't know the little B, the big B. Can you tell me well, about that? With the capital capital B is it, it's like as it's a like a noun versus it, a little B. Okay. You know, just okay. black, the color black, um, right? Versus being an actual, you're talking about something, someone um, of color. You know. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. No um, have cheat cards. So, <laughs> what's that? some cheat cards for you after this <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it i will take them <laughs> um how can we connect with you um i am on instagram at lakeisha underscore angelique um you'll probably have to spell that out in the <laughs> well it's i will name. put it in the chat yes but uh, i'll still put it in the chat okay and then um on facebook my um business page is just love her wellness you know so the at love her wellness and then the tribe is um, love her tribe. Yes, thank you so much. You're such a <laughs> badass. I totally appreciate you coming on here and talking to us tonight. No problem. I hope that you got something out of this. I didn't bore your audience to sleep over here and um, they enjoyed me <laughs> being on here. <laughs> yes, April just popped in and said, thank you so much for this conversation, ladies. I know that everybody's she said that and then I'm just saying I know everybody's going to get value from it because it was a great conversation. Thanks, thanks, thanks. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Great. <laughs> All right. Amazing. You too. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Lakeisha was such a badass and she was so gracious to answer all of our questions. If you're wondering about the book that Lakeisha recommended, it is called White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo. I have downloaded it onto my Audible or Amazon Audible so that I can give it a listen because it seems to be sold out in paper form. I would love, love, love if you went onto the show notes page and left a comment for Lakeisha and I to let us know what you thought of the episode. In whatever podcast app you're playing this episode on, there's notes and it will show the link for the show notes page. Click that and leave us a comment. If you want to hear more conversations like this, join the Ordinary to Badass Facebook group. Every Wednesday night, I have a guest in the Ordinary to, Face or Ordinary to Badass Facebook group. We go live and we talk about different issues. Most of those episodes or most of those conversations will never make this podcast. So if you want to be a part of a badass group of women and hear these conversations that we're having every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Go to Facebook and join the Ordinary to Badass Facebook group. Talk to you next week, friend. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, OrdinaryToBadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future Spotlight episode of the show. That's OrdinaryToBadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.